right, true believers, and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime fan of animation. This is the podcast exclusively about animation from the world of comic books. I'm going to catch you up on the rules. Number one, I just explained it to you. I hope you were paying attention. Rule number two, just like Marvel Comics team-up books in the DC ones. DC Comics presents Marvel team-up, Marvel 2-in-1, Brave and the Bold. It's every week I'm teaming up with a special guest and we're talking comic book animation and third rule and most important, we got to have fun. Thank you for joining me for episode 22. And this is kind of an exciting episode, but only the second time in the history of our show where the multiverse is traveling outside the Marvel DC Comics bubble. This week, we are discussing Archie Comics. Good old Archie himself, the Riverdale gang. We're going to be talking about him. Without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest. She is the final of my siblings to appear on my show, and she's the show's Archie expert. Welcome, Lori Spectro. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm considered an expert in this area. <laughs> I thought it was a nice title to call you an uh, expert. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for episode 22. I'm happy to be here. Two little disclaimers. Number one, uh, despite what I said, I don't claim to be an expert, nor do I claim my guest to be an expert. We're just two people talking about comic book animation. And uh, number two, if you haven't seen the stuff we're talking about, you're going to see some spoilers. Well, Lori, you're, uh, we're going to talk Archie Comics and... Uh, Archie is something that you did read as a young lady, correct? Yes. I mean, I grew up in a house full of comic book readers. I learned a little bit about Marvel and DC from you, you and uh, our brothers, but uh, I wasn't to Archie. Now, do you remember um, how you discovered Archie and Archie Comics? I have no idea. I started reading them, I think, when I was around eight. I don't know how I discovered Archie. I just remember Archie Comic cost 35 cents and my allowance was 25 cents. So I just remember saving up two weeks allowance so I could get Archie. <laughs> and um, was it just Archie? Because I remember there was Archie, there was Jughead, there was Betty and Veronica. They all seemed to have their own comic. Yeah, I liked Archie best because it had the whole gang. The Jughead ones, I was not a big fan of. He was not uh, he was a much more one-dimensional character. So I liked the uh, Archie ones because it had all the characters in there. And do you think, if you hadn't grown up with three brothers who read comic books, do you think you would have discovered... Archie Comics? Uh, I might have, because it was pretty popular when I was a kid. You know, I think well, it ebbs and flows. It goes through phases where people are really into Archie, and then you don't really hear much about Archie. And I think back then, there was Archie was pretty prevalent. 
Well, there's something to be said for this character. He's this year celebrating his 80th birthday. Wow. Crazy to think about. I did not know that. And to my knowledge, he's the longest running non-superhero comic book in the history of comic books. I can't think of a single other non-superhero comic title that has lasted, been published in one way or another for 80 years. Yeah, no, I can't either. So we're going to give a little history of the character first. Um, Archie Comics was started back in uh, 1939, founded by uh, Maurice Cohn, Lewis Silberklet, and John Goldwater. They originally published superhero comics, which was pretty much becoming the most popular form of comics at the time. They actually published The Shield, which was a very patriotic superhero character who actually predates Captain America by about a year. So fast forward to 1941, Pep Comics number 22, the first appearance of one Archibald Andrews. <laughs> and from that moment on, he, uh, he became pretty much a household name. Uh, 1942, Archie got his own comic book. It was created out of the comic by uh, a Vic Bloom and Bob Montana, who uh, also created all the uh, characters. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, Bob Montana, he's a local boy. He's from uh, Haverhill, Massachusetts. Were you aware of that? I was not. I had no idea. <laughs> then we fast forward. The particular episode we're going to talk about, it was called The Archie Show, not Archie. The Archie Show, it debuted September 14th, 1968. Now, I don't know about you. I remember watching reruns when we were very young and some of the relaunch they did in the 70s. I don't know if you'll remember that or if this is the first time you've ever seen this Archie cartoon. No, I was exclusively comic books and double digests and all those things. They had, you know, I never saw it. I don't remember ever seeing it in rerun. I just remember seeing some reruns and I know for quite a long time they did relaunches and whatnot. This uh, particular episode doesn't really have a name. Um, now, it was developed by Filmation, who uh, the president uh, was developed by Norm Prescott and Lou Scheimer on CBS. Some fun facts. Supposedly, I don't know for sure this is true, but it claims to be the first Saturday morning cartoon to have a laugh track. Oh, huh. Do <laughs> you remember laugh tracks in cartoons? I do, but I often think of like Hanna-Barbera and stuff like that that came, well, it was, I guess it was around the same time, right? Yeah, it was in the same time period. Let me, uh... I think Scooby-Doo was 1969. Yep, the first Scooby-Doo was 1969, so this actually predates, it was the first Saturday morning cartoon to use a laugh track. Um, Flintstones had done it previously, but that had been prime time. Why on earth do you think they decided to add a laugh track to a cartoon? Uh, well... Maybe because before that, cartoons were not, were they funny before that? Or they were all like Superman and Batman and those kinds of things? Well, I mean, prominently they had had the Looney Tunes that existed, Tom and oh, Jerry. Right. Of course. Yeah. So there had been plenty of them at that point. Hanna-Barbera had done a bunch. I find it rather bizarre, <laughs> these laugh tracks. Well, and what makes me think is that maybe Archie doesn't translate well from comics to animation and it needed some help. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> but... They started a trend that, is, that went well into the early 80s of cartoons having a laugh track. Now, um, the format they claim was uh, inspired by the Monkees television show. You remember the Monkees? Oh, of course. Which came out, I believe, in 1966 was the first season where it's basically, you know, the, the people that were a band that hang out all the time together, but they also got in wacky adventures. 
Now, on that note, an interesting thing is, um, I don't know if you remember this, the Archie also were a hit recording artist. I, I don't remember this either. I remember yeah, they, they spurred some other ones like Josie and the Pussycats and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Josie and the Pussycats was a band also, and that came out of Archie. Yeah, but the song uh, Sugar Sugar was performed by the Archies. It was the number one hit in 1969 for four straight weeks. Now, I did never knew that that was Archie Andrews, the Archies. I never yeah. knew that. Now, a Don Kirshner, who had managed the Monkees, actually had formed the Archies because he had wanted a similar hit with the Monkees. But the problem with the Monkees was, you know, they were all real people, even though the, the band was formed by them. But, you know, he figured with a cartoon, he could control There wouldn't be any musicians wanting to do a solo act or anything like that. So they got the hit Sugar Sugar, which was actually a, um, a Ron Dante was the lead vocalist, even though he's not the voice of Archie. He did the singing on Sugar Sugar. Fun fact, he co-produced Barry Manilow's first nine albums. Wow. <laughs> it's funny to me that he would do both those projects. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was music on every episode, which started to become like a thing on Saturday morning cartoons. So I'm thinking it was also inspired. So this show, now that I did the research, seems like it was groundbreaking in its way. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so funny that I... I mean, I had actually, until you asked me to come and talk about Archie, I hadn't even remembered that it was a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) So for something that was so groundbreaking, it's weird how it's so out of our consciousness. This episode we're going to watch is written by Bob Ogle. He also had written numerous other cartoons, such as a bunch of the Casper cartoons. And uh, he wrote Quickie Koala, which he also did the voice of. Surely you remember Quickie Koala. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> and um, Hal Sutherland directed this episode. Now, before becoming an animation director, he is, was an animator. He'd worked on some of the Disney projects, such as Sleeping Beauty, Lady and the Tramp. But he would become a longtime filmation director, directing the Star Trek cartoon, Flash Gordon cartoon, some of the DC cartoons, and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, his name's familiar. Filmation, if you know, everyone knows, did the He-Man cartoon. They did the Brady Bunch cartoon. They did a lot of licensed characters into cartoons. They did a lot of the DC superheroes, Flash Gordon. They even did the uh, Shazam cartoon. And um, they did the real Ghostbusters, the ones with the two guys with the gorilla. I don't know if you remember that. No. What was I doing with my Saturday mornings? How do I not (laughs) remember any of this? A lot of their stuff goes way back. So uh, Now, another little fun fact I discovered. I don't know how accurate this is. Supposedly, Hot Dog was created specifically for the cartoon. He became Jughead's dog? Jughead's dog, Hot Dog. Yeah, he became a staple in the comic books, but supposedly he was not created until the cartoon. That's interesting. And think about that. That also predates Scooby-Doo. So now we have a group of teenagers with a dog who actually has intelligence as well. Yeah, because doesn't he talk to Jughead? Oh, no, it's his thoughts, right? His thoughts I are can't... like human thoughts or something yeah when i was doing some research it was a bit ambiguous whether he's talking or he's doing the garfield bit where he's thinking to himself and only the the listeners the watchers can can hear what he says yeah it's unfortunate because you know i still had some of my archie comics like up until a couple months ago if only we had had this conversation earlier (laughs) i could have kept them because i really wanted to look at an archie comic and familiarize and remind myself you know about the characters and stuff but sadly can't find it online. 
So I have to ask, are you currently watching the hit TV show Riverdale? No, I never saw that. Have you seen it? My wife has watched a few episodes, the dark, gritty reimagining of Archie and the gang. It's like edgy. It's edgy, yes. It's like Dawson Creek um, or Supernatural, kind of. It's a... Uh, it's like a mystery going on. It's uh, it's it's definitely not the not your f- grandfather's Archie, as they would say. <laughs> right. I believe it's on Netflix, so you can catch up on it if you want. I'll have to check it out. And Hot Dog does not appear in the show, and Jughead does not wear his crown. So right there, there's two offensive things. Right. Well, that's a drawback for sure. Until researching for the show, I had no idea his name was Archibald Andrews. Did you? Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I knew most of their last names, like Reggie Mantle and Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge. And uh, what's Moose's last name? I don't know. Moose does not appear in the episode, neither does Midge. So I didn't look that much into them. Okay. Jughead Jones is his name. Oh, right. Yep. And his his real name is not Jughead. It's like, uh, force. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's like F-O-R-S-Y-T-H-E, force. Foresight? Forsy? I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, should, I don't feel know like say, I shouldn't but. Yeah, but that and Jughead is his actual nickname. So appearing on this uh, cartoon is Archie Andrews, who is voiced by a Dallas McKinnon. Now, he also voices Mr. Weatherby. He's a very famous voice actor. He had uh, done the Raven in uh, Sleeping Beauty. He also does the voice of Hot Dog. He's the voice of Max and in the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And he's Buzz Buzzard on the Woody Woodpecker show. Boy, he's a real renaissance man. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. In fact, a sad note while researching it, of the voice cast, only one of these actors is still with us. So it's a that's a real shame. Yeah. Betty Cooper and Veronica Lodge are both voiced by a Jane Webb. She had done some other... Voice acting, most of her stuff was done in radio at that point in time. Reggie Mantle is voiced by John Irwin. He's the only one still with us, and everybody should know he was the voice of He-Man on the Masters of the Universe cartoon. Nice. And we have uh, Jughead Jones, voiced by Howard Morris, who was the voice of Adam Ant. Not the pop star, but the cartoon character. And he also played Ernest T. Bass on the Andy Griffith Show. So now we're going to travel through the multiverse back to 1968 and we're going to watch episode one of the Archie show. Watch it with us and join us when we come back. Don't go anywhere. America's classic comic book, Archie, comes to life. See how the characters you grew up with have grown up, too. And boy, have they changed. Waka waka. It's Jughead. Aw, oh, honey, honey. Veronica. Hello, Archie. Betty. <laughs> Archie. And Archie. <laughs> In their class reunion. To Riverdale. And back again Sunday. Later tonight, Archie's choice. Betty, Veronica, or someone else. The comic book question of the year. Later on CBS News, up to the minute. In Alphabet, you get a free Archie car, just like the Jalopy Archie drive. Free. And on the Alphabet box, Archie and Jughead and Archie's garage. Fill up your car with Archie's and give them a ride. Get your free Archie car in Post Alphabet Square. Everything's Archie. The Archie's in my favorite. 
the Super Sugar Crisp and get an Archie record. Free, free, free. Right on the box. So come to the Sugar Bear Record Hop. Collect four different Archie records. Sing to Dance to them. Rock to them. Eat to them. Get your free Archie record. On Super Sugar Crisp. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... Everything's Archie! Archie's here. Betty's here. Veronica, too. Reggie's here. Hey, Jughead, where are you? We wanna dance. Alright, and we're back. We just watched episode one. Of the Archie Show, that was uh, that was something else, huh? <laughs> yes, it was. I, I got to say, my my first impression was very, even though I know it was 1968, it felt very early 70s to me. It it really just reminded me of everything, all cartoons from the early 70s. Yeah, well, and I can see your point about uh, I didn't know the monkeys inspired this. But immediately that came to mind when I watched it. But so did the Partridge family. That also came to my mind, which was right around the same time, right? The Partridge family was after this? or Yeah, I think the Partridge was 1971 or 70, I think was. Yeah, and also there's a little reminiscent of a little bit of Scooby-Doo in there too, which also came after, right, is what we, what you said. Yeah, looking at this, um, we're going to get into more detail, but it really, I got to say, I'm almost thinking that the deserves, it's almost kind of trailblazing because it seems like a lot of cartoons from the next decade seem to borrow elements directly from what we just saw. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I was wonder, I was thinking to myself, wait, did Scooby-Doo come before this or after this? Because I could see those elements and, and because there were so many similarities, I was wondering who inspired who. After watching it in the timeline, I, I feel personally um, that th- th- there's no... Uh, Okay, I'm not going to say no denying it, but it definitely feels like there is Scooby-Doo really feels to me now like they got some of their inspiration from this cartoon. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the, the monsters showing up and fooling everybody. That that was like very right out of Scooby-Doo's playbook. And not just cartoons. It just felt very reflective of a lot of what was going on in entertainment at the time with stuff like the Brady Bunch, the, the Partridge Family, how you would mention the monkeys, like the whole popular idea of a of a group of people having a band, but getting into other, other mischief as well. Yeah. So we open up with the, uh, the opening uh, theme song. Everybody's dancing and playing. Uh, basically the song is like, this is one time where I wish I had a YouTube show because I would really like (laughs) to be pointing out the dance moves and how flashy this opening was. Yeah. A little psychedelic too. Did you notice that it had a little psychedelic going on there? Oh yeah. And, um, did you notice the jalopy was yellow? Yeah, wasn't it red in the comic? Yeah, in the comics, Jalopy was red, but for some reason, in the intro, is Jalopy is yellow. Yeah, doesn't. why would you switch it to yellow? Red's a classic Jalopy color. And uh, from watching this, Archie's on lead guitar, Reggie is on bass, Jughead on the drums, looks like Veronica's on the keyboard, and Betty just playing the tambourine. <laughs> yeah. We open with Archie talking directly to the audience, asking for any ideas on how to get a quick cash and to stick around they may need them and that grabbed me right off when he spoke because having read just the comics i had my own idea about what all their voices were and archie did not sound the way i thought he should sound 
we're going to get into that more as well. But I, I'd say Reggie had the most voice that sounded the most like I pictured reading the comic books. Yeah, me too. Full disclosure, when I was a child, I read a lot of my sister's uh, Archie comics, so I'm not completely unfamiliar with the material. Hey, I told you to stay out of my room. <laughs> Just kidding. I was a big fan of when they became superheroes. Remember that? Pure Heart and Evil Heart. And I don't remember if it was Super Jughead or whatever his name was. Super Jughead. <laughs> That's funny. So you go, there's a shot of the house and the whole house is shaking. You find out it's because everyone's dancing that uh, while the house is shaking. Yeah, I found that really annoying, actually. <laughs> like this house was shaking too much. The noise was too much. It was a little over the top. Jughead's not really dancing. He's just kind of moving his fingers to the music. <laughs> Classic Jughead. Hot dogs on the bed. He's got both fingers in his ears. And um, while the bed's moving around, he says to himself, he wishes uh, teenagers would bring back the waltz. And that got the first big laugh from the studio audience. <laughs> the quote unquote studio audience. <laughs> and don't worry, Hot Dog gets plenty of the laughs on this show. Which I found a little weird. He's a character. He's like a, he's like a more of a, like a 60 year old man. <laughs> and he's definitely not talking. He's definitely like his inner monologue. Cause he, his mouth wasn't moving at all. So it's definitely his inner monologue. Yeah. He shakes so much. The bed shoots him right out the window <laughs> and he hits, hits a bush and bounces through the window right into Archie's dad's lap. <laughs> that you know even for a cartoon that was there was a few moments where i'm like that's just a little bit too unbelievable just a little too absurd and that was one of those moments where i thought oh come on <laughs> and he yells archie and he, he runs up the stairs did you notice how many stairs they had on that staircase <laughs> yes it felt like he was on like the fifth floor <laughs> right. and um he goes upstairs and they're still doing the Betty and Archie are particularly doing some killer dance moves where they're kind of bent over and they're kind of throwing their arms towards the ground. <laughs> Trust me, if this was a YouTube show right now, me and my sister would be demonstrating the dance moves <laughs> for you. Yeah, no one needs to see that. So thank goodness. <laughs> We'd be like uh, Ross and uh, Monica in the uh, the routine episode of Friends. Oh, one of their best moments, actually. <laughs> So he yells, what? He, he, he does the old needle scratch. He pulls the needle right off. What in the world's going on here? A tribal war dance? This is the first time you hear Jughead's voice, which is bizarre. Very, I don't know. I never pictured Jughead. He sounds very young. The way I guess is the best way I could think of to describe how he talks. Yeah. His voice only matches his nose. Like when you look just at his nose, you're like, yeah, that's the right voice. But the rest of his personality and character, it's the wrong voice. And this is a very weird verbal transaction where he's like, uh, I'm going to try and do it. He's like, weird thinking, Mr. A. <laughs> that's pretty good, Matt. <laughs> and he's like, like, check Reggie. And Reggie says, check Jughead. Veronica has this incomprehensible Southern drawl. I listened to it three times. I couldn't understand what the hell she said. Yeah, there was several times I like rewound and went back to look again because I, cu I couldn't pick up on what they were saying. She's got this weird Southern drawl, um, which was never, ever in any of the comic books. So I couldn't I couldn't understand what the hell she said there. Her voice was so wrong, right? Because Veronica in the comics was always very deliberate and very more of an edge to her. She knew what she was doing. And that voice did not match her personality at all. 
Not at all. I always uh, pictured Veronica very hoity-toity aristocrat sounding when I read the comic books. I, I envision her more like a femme fatale kind of voice, you know, like a, the evil woman on a soap opera or, you know, like Betty Davis or something like of that, like a film noir kind of uh, yeah. voice. I kind of pictured her, you probably never watched it, but uh, the girl on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think the actress is Charisma Carpenter, but uh, I can't remember her name on the show, but she was like Buffy's high school rival. That's what I picture her talking like. Mm, I never saw that. That's a great show. I would recommend it, even though it has nothing to do with anything. Anyway. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Betty says that Archie's one groovy dancer. <laughs> Veronica says groovy, but all mine. We're already throwing the gauntlet down with Betty and Veronica. Well, that's the crux of their friendship, right? Yeah, they both, they were good friends, but they both were in love with Archie. Which also is somewhat inexplicable, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this part really weirded me out. Well, I don't know if weirded out's the right word. He says to his father that we're thinking of a way to raise money for the special entertainment for the high school dance. Do you often think of ideas by playing loud music and dancing? <laughs> I don't, but maybe when I was a teenager, I did. And as inexplicable as that was, his father's response is even more dumbfounding. <laughs> if you want money, do it the easy way on some offshore island and slams the door behind him to a huge laugh from the audience. Right. And that's when Archie says, well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> that actually legit made me laugh when Archie said that, but not probably for the reasons they intended. But Right. Because I was like, how does that explain anything you know like what, what a bizarre thing to say and how did that give archie a great this great idea because right that's where he has the idea to go on a treasure hunt right <laughs> yes that's a stretch connecting those ideas was a, 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 kind of a stretch because the next scene is they're on a boat in the middle of the ocean a yacht right yeah yeah it's mr lodge's yacht which they lent him for and then veronica confirms they're on a treasure hunt yeah and that yacht was pretty massive for just the four of them being on there Five yeah, of them. Five of them. And then uh, Reggie's kind of mumble himself that Veronica acts like she doesn't even know, even know he's alive. At this point, you find out, if you never read the comics, even though they're in the same band, Reggie always had some, uh, he's kind of the, he's not a villain, but he definitely has some uh, resentment towards Archie. They are kind of like, in the comic, they're like, they're, he's like his nemesis. Yeah. In the cartoon, I thought it, that was played differently. It was like, they were good friends, except for when it comes to this area. Reggie's not as evil as he needed to be in order to match the comic. We're going to, not to jump ahead, but he, he gets more evil as the episode <laughs> progresses. <laughs> so he yells to Veronica that she's too close to the rail. He's going to run to save her. But then he slips because Jughead's scrubbing the deck, which causes him to slip and go overboard. Which, what the heck was that about? Like, Jughead is known for being as lazy as lazy can be. Why is he on his hands and knees scrubbing the deck? Like with his brush no, uh, and soap. <laughs> I have no idea. It's Mr. Lodge's yacht. They're not like they're hired to do a job. For some inexplicable reason, Jughead, the most laziest character in the history of Archie, is scrubbing the deck. <laughs> and then uh, we get that quipster hot dog again. Says uh, he knows uh, he wanted her attention, but I think he uh, went overboard. Ah, uh, huh? good one. I see huh? how you get there. <laughs> That also got a huge laugh from the laugh track. I, I'm starting to think that the laugh track is just there to, so you know it's a joke. <laughs> that could be. That is. That probably is why it's there. Betty, she uh, hooks Reggie and gets him out of the water. 
And then uh, you find out they made it in a, it's Shipwreck Island is where they're heading to. Perfect. Yeah, it's a fun place to look for uh, shrunken treasure. That's what Betty says. And then Reggie mocks her like, yeah, it's a fun place to look for buried treasure. (laughs) Yeah, poor Betty. And she tells him to dry up. (laughs) Oh, I missed that joke the first time. So they tell uh, Jughead to, to drop the anchor. He throws it overboard, but it's uh wraps around his leg the the chain and pulls him right overboard. And then um Hot Dog says, Now it's master overboard, which gets a laugh track. Like I don't even get that joke. <laughs> that's that's not even a joke. <laughs> like that wasn't even a joke. Why is it getting a laugh track? Maybe because he's a dog. All I could think of is those I don't know how often you watch not so much now, but British sitcoms from the seventies and eighties. Especially like Mr. Bean. They will just cue the laugh track over nothing. <laughs> right. Well, hot dogs jokes, they do need help. Some of them, at least I can, their attempts at jokes. That's not even a joke. No, it's not. So the anchor lands on a sleeping octopus. And <laughs> it gets really mad. Jughead says, easy. He swims back super fast and yells, all hands on deck. And then uh, Archie says, I'll say, I've never seen so many hands on deck. And uh, this part I love. The octopus is even doing the curses hand fist, shaking his fist at Jughead. (laughs) And doesn't Archie have something funny, quote unquote, funny to say about that too? Yeah. I think he said so many hands or so many fists. Yeah. And then Jughead says, how is he supposed to know the octopus was a light sleeper? (laughs) Which, of course, got a laugh track. Right. Archie, he's going to swim to the boat, look for valuables, which the ladies are all impressed by Archie doing this. So uh, this is getting Reggie upset. He comes up with a plan where uh, this is, he covers himself in grass from head to toe to look like some kind of grass monster. And it was a pretty good costume having come just from like a bunch of hay that he found lying around. Like he had nothing else to make it with, right? Except for all that grass. Uh, yeah, apparently, and uh, the grass is yellow for some reason. Right. Must be because it's really, well, no, that would be like a more tropical island, right? Why would it be all dry and arid? I don't know. Um, but it was a surprisingly realistic monster for what he was it, working with. With, with grass? Yes. <laughs> that he could cover himself head to toe in grass? And he fooled them. He did. Now, uh, Veronica says to Archie, Archie Kins is what she calls him. Right. It's so sweet for him to do this for little old me. And uh, Betty corrects her, says she, he's doing it for the whole club. Mm. And then uh, unbeknownst to Betty, Veronica sees Reggie in disguise and yells, a beast. <laughs> and Betty says, how dare you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to watch it again. I missed that line, too. Uh, they yell uh, for Jughead, but he's uh, on top of a tree hiding. And uh, he says, this is another great line. He says, uh, up here is where uh, the coward type cats is safe for. Mm, cats. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a cat. He's a coward type cat. Yeah. A uh, normal sentence that someone would say. Well, you know, the, all the hip cats. That was the thing back then. And then right. Reggie shakes the tree and uh, Jughead falls out of the tree. And I love this. His, his crown falls off and lands on a coconut. I couldn't understand if he said Egad Gatsby or Great Gatsby. Could you make out what he said there? No, I I went both ways with it because I thought 
Egad was something they said that was an exclamation in the comic all the time. Egad, but Great Gatsby makes more sense. So I, I don't, I don't know what that was either. <laughs> and he says, "Oh, I've lost my head, and I was such a handsome lad, a real beauty." Now, as if that's not, you, you don't have to be a special kind of dumb to look at a coconut and think that's your head that popped off. But did you hey. also notice that he was holding his head like, "Oh no, my head popped off," but he had a, both hands on his face. Hey, the coconut had his hat on. (laughs) The only logical explanation could be his head was knocked clean off. (laughs) Well, the coconut did have kind of an expression. Did you notice that? It did a little bit. Like they drew the little dots, like almost like a face. Right. So now Reggie's chasing all three of them. And uh, (laughs) Jughead says, out of the way, it's cowards and children first. (laughs) Now I got to say, Shaggy is a lot like Jughead on this cartoon. Oh, that's interesting. It, it, it is. You know, loves food, kind of an idiot, a total coward, always running away. Has all those one-liners. In fact, if you remember, especially in cartoons in that era, they loved the complete cowardly uh, hero. Like, there was always a character who was a complete chicken shit. Right. And he was he, he was very lovable to the, to the yes. group. Yes. <laughs> Reggie says that his plan is working like Neatsville. <laughs> so uh, Reggie takes off the disguise. He's going to rescue him. But right when he does that, there's an actual grass monster there. Yeah. Like, what the heck is that? Didn't they ever once notice that this is a, a creature that doesn't exist? Like, when, you know, Betty and Veronica, when they're freaking out, aren't they asking themselves, like, is this a Yeti? What is this thing? I don't even know what it's supposed to be. Like, is it, yeah, you bring it up. Is it a Yeti? Like, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's clearly a female because it's trying to kiss Reggie. Of course. Because apparently she can't tell that it's Reggie in a costume either. So they live by an ocean that has a shipwreck island with treasures and grass monsters, apparently. <laughs> and Reggie says to her, uh, hold it, chick. I'm not your type. I'm counterfeit. Isn't this when the... the... Jughead has somehow found a big, huge bunch of bananas. Yes. Inexplicably, (laughs) Jughead has found a giant thing of bananas. When Archie finds out what's going on, there's now two monsters that are chasing Reggie. He says that uh, one of those monsters has a very familiar run. Oh, right. It's Archie who discovers it's Reggie. Yes. He's the only one who's smart enough to see that that's Reggie in disguise. Yeah. Of course, it's Reggie. His plan backfired. He's yelling for Archie to help. There you see Jughead eating his bananas. Says, leave him alone. Finally, a girl is chasing him. Mm. The slippery cad. (laughs) And that's when the classic banana peel situation emerges, right? Where Jughead drops his banana peels and Reggie's slipping all over the place. I got to ask you, in your entire life on this planet, have you ever seen anyone slip on a banana peel? I never have, but I bet it would be hysterical. <laughs> but but why would you slip on the same thing like 50 times, right? Like if I slip on something, I think, oh, I'm going to step around that thing, right? Like, But Reggie just turns it into an opportunity for dancing, I guess. He doesn't slip and fall. He just like keeps slipping and he can't get away. Over and over. And did you notice when Archie comes back to rejoin them, even though he just swam out of the ship, he's bone dry? Bone dry, wearing all of his clothes, so he either... <laughs> Took his clothes off and got them back on, or they're all dry as well. <laughs> right. Archie pulls out a an oil drum, and he's seeing if music will soothe the savage beast. 
which presumably he swam back from the ship carrying this massive oil drum with him. (laughs) You see that Reggie is slipping on multiple banana peels at this point. Okay, let's just let's just put this in the reality of it, it wasn't a cartoon. Your friend is being chased by a species of animal you never even knew existed. How do you know this thing doesn't like eat humans? Right? Yeah. It had those sharp teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh the monster loves the dance that Reggie is accidentally doing by slipping on the banana peel. Right. And even uh Hot Dog thinks himself that she wants to dance. Well, what else would she do? Yeah, and uh, the other monster is the male who is very angry. They say that uh, he uh, wants to cut in, and then he throws Reggie, and Reggie says he's cutting out. And don't they refer to him as the lover, the male monster? I think they might have called him that. Yeah, which is a little weird if you're talking about the animal kingdom. But not the uh, weirdest thing they said, right? (laughs) No, not at all. And then while the monsters are dancing, you see Reggie literally swimming off the island as fast as humanly possible. (laughs) So we then, uh, we jump to, they're in Pop's soda shop, and Archie says, uh, do you want another soda? And uh, he said he's lost his appetite with their botched treasure hunt, but the 12 sodas he had will be enough. Classic Jughead, again. Now, uh, Reggie ruined everything. He even apologizes. He just wanted attention from Veronica. That, I thought, was very out of character for Reggie also, right? Like, Reggie doesn't apologize. And Reggie doesn't make himself vulnerable by saying, I was just looking for attention for Veronica, right? What he does is he just gets mad at Archie when his plans don't work out. Yeah, I remember he's uh, he's a lot more, um, he never is all apologetic or anything in the comic book. I mean, maybe he is in more recent years, but I never remember him doing that. He was just much more of a bad guy in the comic book. He says that, uh, how did he know he was a uh, natural-born gorilla talent scout? (laughs) So that's what I thought to myself. Wait, were those supposed to be gorillas? Because I thought they were not gorillas. (laughs) They didn't look like gorillas in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. This part actually made me laugh. Don't ask me why. (laughs) <laughs> Where Archie like snaps his finger and says, I got it. And Hot Dog uh, says he hopes it isn't catching. <laughs> that, that tickled you, huh? Yeah, that actually made me laugh. Believe it or not. Even without the laugh track, I would have laughed at that. <laughs> wow. You do appreciate like a really dumb joke. I have to say that about you. Like in a yes. good way, you know? No, I agree. I, I love dumb jokes. I also love... Uh, very dry humor, as anybody knows. Yeah. Uh, Veronica's excited to see what Re- Archie's got under his sleeve, and that he introduces Reggie and his mad monsters dancing on stage. But did you notice, I, I don't know if you felt this way, but Archie's, when he's talking to Veronica about what the show is, what the act is, I felt like Archie was springing something on Reggie. But when we see what the act is, clearly Reggie's a part of it. Yeah, he's dancing right there with him. Right, in his costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got back in his costume, no problem dancing, everything's just hunky-dory. <laughs> right. As if it's perfectly natural to have a bunch of monsters on the stage in your high school. But not to be outdone, Jughead says he wants to go on next. He's got a new act, and he's dancing with the octopus. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, that's what happens with the octopus. Like, how did, what my question was to myself was, now, did the octopus seek them out, or did they go back to the ocean to find this octopus? How did it happen so they, they were able to befriend each other? <laughs> you got me. I, I, 
I don't even know how how the, the logistics of this ever happened. <laughs> right. The most disappointing part to me is you don't even get to find out who won the talent show. Oh, man, that's right. I bet it was the monsters. So then they come back from the break, and they're going to teach us. Archie explains that every week they're going to teach you a dance number you can do at home. And this week they're going to teach us the bubble gum. Yeah, and at first I was wondering to myself, wait, are these real dances? Are these dances that caught on? Am I supposed to get up and do this dance with them? But then a few seconds later, you realize this is a crazy, physically impossible thing to do. Yeah, because I was thinking at the time, you know, I thought of like the monkey, the mashed potato, the hustle, you know, I don't remember the bubble gum. Yeah. So it starts off, you do, uh, again, I wish we had visuals for this. Uh, <laughs> right. You make circles with your fingers, then your hands, and then you make bigger circles with your arms. Yeah. Uh, Jughead is demonstrating for you. Yeah, and then he does that weird ballet move, jump into lands in a split. Yep. What was that? And he does the thing where he's like, after that, where he's like on his tippy toes almost, and he's uh, he's spreading his legs up. And <laughs> you see Hot Dog at a bubble gum machine, just in case you didn't get the reference. And he doesn't he blow a bubble with his bubble gum? Yep, Joe's a giant bubble with it. Jughead does the whole dance. So I, I, I would like to see, if YouTube was a thing then, I guarantee that would, TikTok and all that would have a bunch of videos of people doing the bubble gum. <laughs> right, or at least trying. Because I'm convinced that was physically impossible. So then we come back, we go to the, the show's musical number. Now, I had to look it up because I couldn't understand what it was. The name of the song, uh, did you catch the name of the song? No, what was it? It's Bang Shang-A-Lang. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that didn't make it big, I guess. No. I don't that. <laughs> no, other than uh, I looked it up. They do a musical number every week, but Sugar Sugar is the only one that... Uh, caught on and that didn't catch on until 1969 so I, i'm impressed that they had the fortitude to keep going where none of these songs are really catching on you know and this this um, little musical number they had that part also made me think not only was it very reminiscent of the monkeys right like um because they're singing and so they're both showing the band and then some crazy antics of some of the characters separately like going back and forth kind of the monkeys did that a lot in their format but I was also thinking, oh, this is like a really early primitive music video, right? Because they also had those dogs in love and telling some sort of story about the song. Yeah, Hot Dog sees the pink dog and he's in love. And, and his heart's literally beating out of his chest. Yeah, they play the lazy same animation from the uh, intro of the show, which doesn't look like they're singing this song at all. Right. Jughead breaks out some more sweet dance moves during this whole thing. <laughs> I'd watch it again just for the dance moves. It was very reminiscent of uh, of dance moves from Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Yeah. And musically, the video part reminded me a lot of the later on the Groovy Ghoulies. I don't know if you remember the. I do remember them. Wow. And they would when they would do a musical number. It was Groovy Ghoulies was also filmation, so that's not surprising. But yeah, that's it. Kind of reminded me a lot of the musical numbers from the Groovy Ghoulies. So uh, after the musical number, Jughead is uh, he's watering his lawn. He throws a stick for Hot Dog to retrieve. He throws it back right in Jughead's face. That was just like a little short, right? That, like it had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, because then he answers the phone and it's Archie and then Hot Dog spraying him with a hose. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Jughead's fault, right? Because as Hot Dog points out, what did he say? You told me if you throw something, I'd pick it up and bring it back to you. <laughs> so he's kind of a smart aleck. And we go out with him saying, uh, you want to buy a smart dog? 
Right. <laughs> I guess this is just a little bumper between acts. Because then we go to the second story. We're at Riverdale High. They've seen the other acts, but they wonder if Jughead has an act. If he knows him, uh, Archie knows Jughead. He's practicing his eating. Because uh, Jughead was very famous, especially for eating hamburgers. Mm. And we go to the uh, chemistry lab where he's mixing chemicals. He's making a food enlarger. And Archie says he he knew it. You're going to make a cake that doubles in size. Yeah, and Archie knew that, right? Like, I think the only way to just bake two cakes. Now, take in mind, at this point, Jughead has been portrayed as a complete bumbling idiot. But now, all of a sudden, he's making a formula that, that, yes, he's a chemist who makes invisible food. (laughs) I got ahead of myself. It was supposed to be a food enlarger, but it made the cake invisible. Yeah. And uh, you find out Reggie's eavesdropping when uh, they've discovered he's created an invisible paint. Anyway, there's a little foreshadowing when Archie says, you better watch this carefully because in the wrong hand, something can go really wrong. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Jughead says it's better because now he can make invisible hamburgers and eat them in class. (laughs) Reggie sneaks in behind their back. He steals the uh, paint or the chemicals, whatever you want to call it. And they notice it's gone. This could be the key to Reggie winning the talent show by eliminating the competition. It's kind now, of an elaborate plan. Wouldn't turning invisible be a pretty goddamn good talent, especially for a rinky-dink cowpoke high school talent show? Just uh, on that topic of the rinky-dink high school, we don't know where Riverdale is, right? There's like no, in the no, comic they, or in the in the show, there's no context uh, for... When doing the research, one of them theorized it was in Kansas, and then somebody else theorized that Riverdale High looks very similar to Haverhill High, Back in the day, not probably not what Haverhill High looks like now. Oh. But it looked like Haverhill High School from where Bob Montana went. Yeah. So. Inspired by the real Archie, perhaps. Massachusetts does border the ocean, so. Oh. Where there's lots of hidden treasure on Shipwreck Island. Oh, and um, I'll ask my wife, uh, look for my social media, and if uh, she can tell me where the Riverdale TV show takes place, I will, uh, I'll post that on my social media. Oh, yeah. Even though you don't need me to tell you, any idiot can look it up on Google. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> so when they're looking for Reggie, because uh, now they suspect Reggie took it, he taps Jughead on the shoulder, and when he turns around, he hits him in the face with a paintbrush. He vanishes from the waist up, except for his hat. <laughs> he, even though he just hit him in the face with a paintbrush, his, his head, everything from to his belt line has disappeared except for his hat. And Reggie says you should see the blank expression on your face. Yeah, good one, Reggie. They don't really explain the science of this very well. (laughs) (laughs) No, they do not. (laughs) Archie says you hand over the paint or Reggie cuts him off or what as he paints Archie's legs invisible. And he says how clumsy of me and laughs. So Reggie leaves, Jughead's visible from the waist up, and Archie is invisible from the waist down. And here comes Mr. Weatherby, his first appearance. Our first sighting of Mr. Weatherby. They cleverly stand, like, right in front of each other, so it looks like Archie's uh, top and Jughead's matches. So it looks like it's one person, with Archie actually wearing Jughead's crown. (laughs) Which was an awesome fashion choice for Archie. And uh, when Weatherby says hi, both of them say hi back. Weatherby's like, did I hear both voices coming from you? And 
Archie explains he was working on an impression for the talent show. But then they run off, and uh, he sees that uh, they're half invisible, and he says he's got to go see the school nurse. <laughs> then inexplicably, Reggie pops out of a trash bin. That was just so weird. I'm like, why is he hiding in a trash can? <laughs> it says, uh, two down, two to go. And I have some questions, like, how did he get in there? Like, Why is he in there? Who, who, is well, it does qu- have that flap that you can peek out undetected. But it, well, aren't, don't you smell like trash? Uh, <laughs> and apparently, Betty, Veronica, Archie, and Jughead are the only competition that he has to worry about in this talent show. Apparently. Um, he runs by Betty and Veronica, and he paints the both of them. They're like, look what we did to our clothes. And he says, cool it, girls. It'll soon disappear. Eh? Mm-hmm. And just like before, Veronica, her lower half is missing, and Betty's top half is missing. Although back to the science of this, right? He paints both of them from, like, chin to, to ankles. Yep, running while he does it. Right. But somehow they... they go invisible in the exact same format that Archie and Jughead did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then here comes good old Mr. Weatherby again. <laughs> they do the same trick. They both say hi. He asks if they're working on their impressions. Once he sees it again, he says the nurse was right. He might need new glasses. Then they're all hiding in a closet. Yeah, the janitor's closet, right? Yep. All and then they do that classic cartoon thing when you just see a bunch of set of eyes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, they all leave where they're all half invisible and Mr. Weatherby comes in and uh, at first he's like, oh, these glasses work. They work for reading, so it must have been just a figment of his imagination. But then he runs in terror from the mismatched bodies. Right, uh, because Archie and Betty combine into one person, right? And Jughead yeah. and Veronica, they get mixed up. Yeah, they mix it up. So instead of the guys matching up with each other, it's like a mismatch of the girls and the guys. The nurse tells him he just needs to get rest, and he'll do that after the talent show. Also, I noticed when they all ran as a group, it was that reminded me a lot of when the Scooby-Doo gang would run as well. It seemed like a lot of the, the same type of stuff. Yeah. So Reggie hides the paint in his locker, and now he's a shoe-in for the talent show. But right then, when he leaves, the paint wears off. Everybody's totally visible again, and they find the... Uh, paint in Reggie's locker. Jughead, he's going to paint himself all over to become invisible. And then Reggie comes out in the talent show. He gets introed and uh, he comes out in a Native American outfit. He starts giving, I don't know if it's a song or a speech about the vanishing American. Is this some classic spoken word from a play or a song that I'm unfamiliar with? I, I don't know. I wasn't familiar with it either. I just, I thought, you know, that was quite the play on words there. How they worked that in. At this point, Mr. Weatherby's freaking out. He didn't even see that. I didn't see that. And Veronica yells at Reggie, who says, ah, I'm just sorry, I got uh, I got carried away. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much it. He just got carried away, and oh well. Right. Now, Weatherby's desperate to find out how Reggie did it. He's like, it was mirrors, right? It must have been with mirrors. Please tell me it was with mirrors. And Archie says, well, that's just as good as explanation as any. <laughs> right. And Weatherby, and Weatherby seems to, he accepts that, right? Yep, he's skipping, like everything is all well. He's skipping away, all happy. Then uh, he crashes right into his own door, because uh, Jughead had painted the door to get rid of the paint. Once wasn't enough, right? How many times do you run into the oh, door? Oh, numerous times he keeps running into the door. <laughs> and then finally just yells for the nurse again. His like head is all giant and swollen and red. 
Yeah, he's, he's like beet red, in fact. <laughs> right. Which is either like pain or anger. It's hard to say, right? Because the classic cartoon move. Yeah, it'd be either red or you have the smoke above your head. <laughs> right, right. Smoke so, above your head. <laughs> and then uh, Jughead reveals there is extra paint and he painted it on Archie's car. So the next scene is the four of them driving around in Archie's invisible car. And then Hot Dog freaks out the same way Weatherby did. Yeah, Hot Dog sees him. He freaks out. He's like, I didn't see them. And he like turns to the crowd. Did you? And did you see that nice bookend, right? At the start, Archie talks right to the audience. At the end, Hot Dog talks right to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the end credits and we get the Archie song again. Where it's like, Archie's here. Right. <laughs> it is a pretty catchy theme song. It is. Reggie's here. Betty's here. <laughs> and Jughead and Hot Dog too. Yes. <laughs> Although in the beginning, I, having not seen any other episodes, I don't know if this is always like that. In the beginning opening credits, Jughead was missing, right? They couldn't, yes. where's Jughead? There's just the um, drumsticks. Yeah, twice they sang about where's Jughead. Yeah. And then suddenly he appears. Yeah. <laughs> and there you have it. The Archie Show, episode one. I wouldn't say it took me back because I don't remember ever seeing that before. It, it did take me back to an era of my time when that's where a lot of the Saturday morning cartoons were like. Yeah. Maybe you said this at the beginning and I missed it. How many seasons did it air? As the Archie show, it only ran the one season, but then they kind of reinvented it with different names over the years. Ended up spinning off. They did a Sabrina cartoon, uh, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, even though I think that was on Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Um, it became the Archie and his new pals the next season. Then it became the Archie Comedy Hour. Then the Archie Funhouse. Then Archie's TV Funnies. Then Everything Archie. Then it became the new Archie and Sabrina Hour. And they also had the spinoff of Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies. Sabrina the Teen Witch. The Groovy Ghoulies. The Bang Shang Lollapalooza Show. Whoa. Never heard of that. <laughs> the Groovy Ghoulie and Friends. And Super Witch. A lot of those were just like where they took old footage or old cartoons and kind of mixed them and made like five minutes of brand new footage. So that was definitely interesting. Definitely uh, uh, different from what we normally talk about here on the show. Yeah. How would you say you would compare it to your experience of reading the comic book? It was a lot different than the comic book. I thought that um, Reggie, like I said before, Reggie needed to be a little more evil. I thought... Veronica, both both the girls were really underdeveloped char- as characters, right? They I would agree with that. They were just like an afterthought, and uh, at least Betty was consistent to her character in the comic, although there wasn't much to be inconsistent about. But Veronica was not consistent at all. Like that southern drawl, like what the heck was that? And um, and she was just much more confident and strong and deliberate, and kind of also kind of edgy, kind of a little bit of the evil kind of. You know, in her, she was mean to Betty. All that was gone. I'll say this. This might sound stupid, but the comic was actually more grounded in reality than. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember Jughead in the comic ever dancing with a squid or. Right. Yeah. None of that. I mean, they had, you know, crazy antics, but not like shipwreck island kind of, you know, with monsters kind of crazy antics. Yeah. I mean, later on, years and years and years later, they did a lot more gimmicky stuff where. Archie met the Predator and Archie met Punisher and things like that. But at that point, the comic was a lot more grounded in reality. Yeah. And I felt like the pace was all, was really off. Like the, the pace 
I thought felt like they tried to jam too much in there, you know, that so things were moving very fast um, without a lot of explanation. Not that it was a complex story or anything, but still, I also felt like it would have been more consistent with the comic if they had tried to do less and develop the characters more. And on that note, before we elaborate too much, we're going over to the spectrometer. For anyone new to the show, every week we on the spectrometer, we rank what we watched. Zero spectros being absolute garbage. Four spectros being it doesn't get any better. Lori, how are you going to rank episode one of The Archie Show? Well, it pains me to say this because I love Archie. And it was, you know, as we talked about it, I really did realize how influential it was, like on other comics that came after it. I mean, cartoons that came after it. But... I just felt like it was kind of lame humor and a little confusing and hard to follow. And I guess I would give it more of a two and a half. Can I do that? Can I do half stars? Yeah, half stars are completely acceptable. Two to two and a half. Pretty pretty low. I'm going to go two. I, I can't say I didn't enjoy any of it. Um, definitely made me laugh. Uh, made me very nostalgic. I do agree with you. It's very disjointed how they're jumping from one story to another, a musical number, and then they're doing like a little skit with Jughead and Hot Dog. (laughs) And yeah, the girls especially are completely like an afterthought. They're like a bridge of plot points. And other than that, they seem to have served no purpose on the show. Yeah. Now, Granted, you have five characters on the first episode, but I'm going to go with two. Two Spectros. Yeah, I really wanted to like it better than I did like it. I would watch another episode. It did, it did make me uh, curious to watch more of the Archie show. Yeah, I like the dancing and the groovy lingo. <laughs> yes, definitely. Crazy made up words and stuff. And uh, Shang Bangalang. Or, uh, <laughs> let's see if we can download that on iTunes. And the music wasn't bad for what it was. So I thought the music was actually better than I would have expected. Now, every week we also discuss if a child in 2021 came around the Archie show. What do you think their take would be on it, you being a mother yourself? I think that, is this also a rating system? Uh, It's not really a rating system. It's more of a, yeah, it's kind of a yes or no with elaboration on whether or not you think a child in 2021 would enjoy the Archie show. I don't think so, because I think the animation was very of its time. The content was dated. The lingo was dated. And because of the things I mentioned earlier, where I thought they jammed in too much stuff, that it was too fast paced to really come together cohesively. I don't think it would carry forward to today's kids. Yeah, I'm going to say no. My daughter would enjoy it because it's bright and colorful, but she's only two. Uh, my stepsons would think it's probably the stupidest thing they've ever seen, and I've made them watch some really bad stuff. <laughs> right, and and my my kids and, and your, your two older kids, your stepsons, they're the same exact age, right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like literally months apart. Yeah, and so I think that both of us instinct is right that they would all think it was garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna think that as well. And today's animation is so much different. It just it can't. It's just too too simplistic. Yeah, I think this is gonna only appeal to Archie fans or people nostalgic for cartoons of old. Yeah, because it did have that very '60s '70s Hanna Barbera type feel to it. Yeah, that's more than anything that just really said 70s early 70s to me when i watched it yeah and the animation the same right like 
like we already talked about when he ran up the stairs, it seemed like he ran up five flights worth of stairs. But like when they were running through the school, you saw the same water fountain door, water fountain door, water fountain door over and over and over again, you know, like they did back then with the background. But I mean, I'd have to look into it more, but I got to say it does deserve credit because it watching it makes me think that it influenced a lot of cartoons over the next 10 years or so. Uh, yeah, I, which that surprised me because while we were watching, I was looking up when was the Partridge family, when was the monkeys, and when was, you know, because I was really trying to figure out, wait, are they stealing these ideas from these other shows? And by and large, except for the monkeys, they all came after the Archies. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was everything ripped off Scooby-Doo, which is true to an extent, but I'm starting to think that uh, this cartoon deserves more credit than it's getting, that Scooby-Doo, it was at least influenced, if not borrowed from the Archie show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I, I don't regret watching it, and I, I might check out one or two more episodes just to see kind of what happens, you know, like what's themes and what's not. And yeah, So, I mean, I don't regret watching it. I, I enjoyed watching it. I just don't think kids would, I don't think it would carry. It's too dated. What do you think out there? Did you like it more than me and Lori did? Uh, if you did like it, great. We can't take that away from you. Um, if you liked it less than we did, that's, that's <laughs> fine as well. If you go to my social media and let me know, I'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Spectro, or you can go to my Facebook page of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Give me your opinion of The Archie Show. Did you like it, hate it? Would you want to see us talking about it again? Or one of these spinoffs. Anything you want to say, ideas for shows, I would definitely love to have you go to my social media and give me your two cents. Follow my podcast. If you could smash that subscribe button, give it a like, share it, help me spread the word. I would love to hear from you. And if you also have any ideas for any uh, future episodes you'd like to hear, please uh, let me know. Drop me a line as well. And if any other comic book podcasts are out there or listening, would like to do an episode of my show. Every week I have a special guest star, so I would love to hear from you. I want to thank my very special guest star this week. Lori, I'm really glad that you joined me for the show. Me too. I really am. That was fun. This is the first ever time you've been on a podcast? Ever, yeah. That's two weeks into my last two guests now. The first time ever I've done a podcast. Exciting, isn't it? Yeah. No, it was really fun. I'm, I'm glad that I did this. Thanks. Anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, just give a plug for a potential guest uh, in the future. Uh, my oldest son has been talking about, he, he would like to do this with you sometime. What does he want to do? He's trying to think of some ideas. I, I didn't know he liked anything other than Star Wars. Uh, he does. He's not as much into the comics as he is the cartoons. All right, all right. Well, I'd love to have him on. I'm always looking to get more of a youthful uh, spin on the show. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't talk less than when my stepson was on an episode. <laughs> I don't think I listened to that one. Which one was that? I'll have to check that one out. Uh, that was the what if episode we did a couple of, uh, I think that was like three episodes. I think that was episode 19 now that I think about it. Oh, no, that was back episode 17. That was quite a while ago, man. I'm losing my, uh, my memory in my old age. <laughs> that was like five episodes ago. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll see if I can uh, drum up some, uh, not the interest, but the, uh, gumption to, well, uh, can, uh, participate. After this episode, I expect my West Coast numbers to shoot through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Well, earlier when you said something about um, Riverdale, the I, I can't remember the writer of that you mentioned that's from Haverhill. What's his name? Uh, Bob Montana. Bob Montana. When you said he was the hometown guy, I was thinking, wait, do you mean New England or Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> like... All right. Well, um, anywho, you should come back for, uh, we'll do an episode of maybe Sabrina or the Groovy Ghoulies next time. Oh, that'd be fun. 
How about Richie Rich or Casper? Those are other ones that went from comics to... uh, Oh, that is true. I didn't even think about those. Harvey Comics. Ton of untapped potential there. That's a day. All right. That's what we should do. We'll do the Richie Rich cartoon. All right. I loved Richie Rich almost as much as Archie. The poor little rich boy. All right. (laughs) And on that note, I want to thank you all for joining us once again. Thank you to my guest, Lori. And join us again next week for another exciting episode of Met Spectro... Through the multiverse. Excelsior.